Hey everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to another edition, episode, podcast, uh, wonderful show of uh, Treks and Sci-Fi. So welcome. I am back, and I'm going to do a classic-style show. We're going to talk about a Star Trek episode. We're going to even review a collectible. I've gotten a few things recently, collectible-wise, in the last few months, and I wanted to start talking about collectibles a bit more again. Today is August 13th, 2017. This is going to be podcast 646. I'm I'm just adjusting the volume. I seem a little low today. Um, The main topic that we're going to cover is a Deep Space Nine episode. I haven't covered Deep Space Nine, a a truck episode in a long time, long, long time, months and months and months. I try to alternate a bit, and I only usually cover maybe one Trek episode a month, so it takes a while. Anyway, this episode is from Season 5. It involves uh, Kira quite a bit. Anyway, it's called The Darkness and the Light. Uh, and, I'll, well, I'll talk more about that. We'll play the episode, and you guys can hear me comment on it as we go. So you'll you'll know all about it. But uh, it's about mid-Season 5 episode of Deep Space Nine. Uh, like I said, I'm going to have a collectible review later on and talk a little bit about movies and television and a whole lot more this week on Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, I'm back. Uh, Do you ever have this happen? I have um, on my desk here down in the Rico cave, I have uh, my main uh, good built, home built, uh, my own personal built PC that I use for the show mostly. And next to it, I, um, was it three years ago or so? Anyway, I bought an iMac. Um, Mostly I do the video stuff on there. I I find the... uh, I like iMovie. It's simple. It's clean. It works pretty well. Uh, but anyway, um, so I have iMac next to the the other PC that I use. And uh, do you ever do this? Do you ever grab the mouse of one machine and, and thinking it's for the other machine and try like wonder, well, why is this not working? <laughs> I just did that while I was pausing the recording for a second. Um, but uh, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, let's get through the uh, the usual ad uh, for Trucks and Sci-Fi or the business end or, or business. That sounds too formal. Anyway, if you'd like to support the show, if you enjoy Treks and Sci-Fi each week and can can manage to uh, squeeze out or afford maybe a dollar or two donation each month, uh, which is not a lot, I don't think, to ask if you're getting you know four podcasts or more a month uh, and some video shows and things like that. Uh, but if you do enjoy it and you have enjoyed it for maybe a long time, but me never never have donated uh, or or participated, uh, I do have some dues coming up for dues or fees, whatever you want to call them for my hosting, hosting fees uh, in September for the show. Uh, but um, if you'd like to do that over on Patreon, just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, I think I spelled that right, dot com forward slash Drex and Sci-Fi. Um, anyway, that will uh, get you to the uh, support page for uh, supporting the podcast. And uh, always welcome reviews on iTunes as well. 
Uh, and the, that is the very best way if you want to support the podcast and help me uh, pay for gear. I have uh, a, a couple of new project ideas to expand the uh, the little set here that I have for the video shows that I'm kind of tossing around in my head lately. Uh, smaller little things to go with the set, I guess, is what I'd call it. But uh, more on that, uh, maybe I'll put up something on Patreon sometime soon about that. I need to put something new up there. I haven't put anything new in a little bit. But um, all that's, yeah, let's get that done. All right. Anyway, and you can always email me, treksf at gmail.com, if you ever want to contact the show with questions, comments, whatever. Um, what's been going on? Let's see. I guess it's been a fairly quiet week, really. I want to thank... Uh, Joe, uh, over at the UMB or um podcast, umcast, uh, upper memory block podcast, where he covers, uh, older computer games, uh, for letting me share that cool show of his last week on the, the TNG game, uh, final unity. Uh, that is a good game and it was a great show. So thanks for that, Joe. And everyone, if you like computer gaming, check out Joe's, um, UMB or upper memory block podcast each, each I think he usually puts out a show about once a month, approximately. So, all right. Um, what else? Let's see. Okay. Uh, movies, I guess. Uh, I've seen a couple of things, I think, since I podcast. I don't think I talked about this. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to talk. Two movies, I guess, I'll talk about. One One is a much more fantasy, and I guess more fantasy than sci-fi. But I saw The Dark Tower last weekend. Uh, the Stephen King, based on the Stephen King book, although from from Chris Clemente and, and other people that I've talked to, it, it doesn't do much for representing the book series. Uh, it, uh, this is the new movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey and, uh, you know, there's um, Idris Elba, I think is that how you say his name? He's the gunslinger. Uh, I mean, it had some cool action, but it, uh, when all was said and done, it's a pretty forgettable movie, uh, which is probably too bad because, you know, I, I've heard people who have read the book series really, for the most part that I've heard, have enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, although my son said he read the first book and it didn't really grab him very much, my older son. So uh, maybe you need to read more of them to really get into it. I don't know. But um, but anyway, a fairly, fairly ordinary movie. Um, I saw a much better movie later, um, more recently, um, that uh, it, it isn't sci-fi, but... The actress in it is pretty well known in the sci-fi community, and I think pretty well liked. Anyway, uh, it is the movie Atomic Blonde, uh, with Charlize Theron playing the main character, uh, Lorraine. I forget what her last name is in the movie. Anyway, she's a she's a spy basically. It, it's been called kind of a female James Bond, and it has that kind of a feel to it, and a, and a look and a style. I think, uh, although I don't think it's quite like James Bond. James Bond tends to be a little bit more. Mm, sometimes a little more over the top, a little more exotic. I, I'll use the word. This is a little more. I think if you took like James Bond, crossed it with Jason Bourne, and turned the character female, then you would have Atomic Blonde. And then also set it in the late '80s, uh, because the 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 time period and and the music is really what makes this movie. I think kind of cool and kind of special. Uh, Charlize Theron is awesome in it. Uh, really a good movie. One of the, one of my favorites, I think this summer, uh, and it's not in, you know, the normal realm of a sequel or a comic book movie, uh, something kind of new and unique and a little different. Uh, but I really liked it a lot. Uh, she does a great job. She really can sell the action 
it, it, it looks super believable when she's fighting these guys. I mean, she's, uh, she, when she throws a punch or a kick or whatever, you kind of believe it. And, uh, I mean, she's fairly tall, fairly athletic, I think, anyway, but uh, I heard she really went all out on this movie when she did it. I think she even chipped a couple of teeth or something, I heard, but uh, <laughs> that's a lot to do for your for your job, for your craft. Um, but uh, yeah, I highly recommend it if you like this kind of a thing, if you like a good kind of a spy movie. Uh, James uh, McAvoy is in it as well. Uh, he's great, um, and I, I don't want to say too much more. John Goodman's in it, but... Uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, you can wait till Netflix or whatever. Eventually, it'll get on cable TV or whatever service you use. But um, but yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so a couple movies. Yep, saw those and uh, been watching a bit of TV, but not a lot. Been watching a few movies uh, on TV as well. Actually, I finally saw Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. I think that's the name of the movie. It's based on a series of books. Uh, Eva Green is is Miss Peregrine. Uh, it's kind of a, there's a little bit of a Harry Potter fantasy aspect to it a little bit, uh, but um, Samuel L. Jackson is in it, who happens to be, you know, he's got to be in every other movie. He's got that Hitman's Bodyguard movie coming out, or maybe it's out now, uh, with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, but anyway, uh, this, this uh, I really, really like this Miss Peregrine's uh, Home for Peculiar Children movie. Uh, I hadn't caught it in the theaters. It just came out at, at some time. I couldn't get to the theater, and I don't know what the reason was. But anyway, uh, because I watch a lot of the, you know, I go see most of these movies, these kinds of movies when they come out. So, but uh, yeah, I really liked it a lot. It has a really nice end credit song. Uh, the characters and, and actors in the movie were really good. Uh, I think is how you say his name, a- Aisha Aisha Butterfield. I think is his name. Uh, he was in that Ender's Game movie that they did uh, a couple of years back with Harrison Ford. He is the the um, one of the main characters in the movie, and uh, and a lot of the other kids in the movie you probably haven't seen a lot of. They're they're sort of um, actors that you don't haven't seen much of, so that's kind of neat. And uh, I always like it when they use new new people. Uh, and yeah, I liked it uh, quite a bit. Also watched this movie last night on Netflix called Spectral. Hadn't seen, or uh, sorry, hadn't had a chance to see that, although uh, it, it intrigued me a little bit. It wasn't quite as good as I thought. It's kind of a military movie about these weird spectral things that these guys see on this military operation in Eastern Europe. And uh, again, I won't say too much. It was pretty good. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, though. The other movie that I watched that I really liked a few weeks ago, um, I think it was called Synchron- Synchronicity. Uh, I think it's a time travel kind of movie. I, it's on Netflix. Um, I think that's the title. I'll try to check it when I take a break here. And uh, uh, but uh, really cool movie, really really neat little movie. Um, but uh, and I'm watching some a uh, little TV. Still watching Twin Peaks for some reason, even though the new Twin Peaks is just some goofy weird show that I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Oh, of course, the, the 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 amazing summer show going on right now is is Game of Thrones, right? That last episode, oh my gosh, uh, this show has. Um, I had a hard time with it over the years. I had a time with it or a hard time with it early on. This this kind of this show for me is you know kind of like Walking Dead a bit, where there's you get to care about these characters and then things happen to them and you don't like it because you like the characters and you don't like bad things happening. You know, there was a time in movies and television where that never happened, right? The good guy never got, you know, killed off or 
the good characters, you know, there, there was always this sort of like the bad guys get it and the good guys don't. Uh, but, you know, modern times don't, you know, that thing, that isn't really how the real world works. And I know that, but, uh, you know, I've read comics for a long time. And uh, even though they do kill off good characters in comics occasionally, they always come back. Uh, really, you know, and even though, you know, even in Man of Steel, spoiler warning for the Man of Steel movie, sorry, not Man of Steel, uh, Batman versus Superman, spoiler warning for that, but it's been out of what, a couple of years now, uh, you know, and, and I think you know this from the trailers for Justice League that, um, and it, it is in the trailer for the Justice League, uh, that Superman is quote unquote killed in the uh, Batman versus Superman movie. Uh, and, we all already know it was sort of, I think, uh, somebody, a fan at Comic-Con asked Gal Gadot, uh, Godot, however you say her name, um, Wonder Woman, when they were doing the Justice League panel, uh, like, you know, it was a little kid, I think, even, and like, is Superman going to come back in the Justice League? And she said something like, you know, well, in essence, of course he is. And uh, and they, that you know, he's on the advertising already a little bit, not in the trailers. They've been keeping that pretty quiet. Which I like. I, I hope that we don't really see him in the trailers. I hope we get all the way to November and we don't because I want it to be kind of a surprise of, of how he looks, how he acts, uh, and how he appears again. You know, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be some dramatic scene where the Justice League is really getting pounded or something's happening and all of a sudden Superman shows up. I, I think that would be cool. Uh, although they did that one trailer, the last trailer, I think the one from um, Comic-Con, where you get this idea that, that Clark slash Superman is there talking to Alfred. Uh, they kind of make it make it kind of obvious that that might be what's going on. So, uh, uh, all right, I'm going to take a short break. Uh, I'll come back, talk about a couple other little things, and then uh, we'll get into the uh, Deep Space Nine episode. I think my dilithium needs recrystallization. This is Trex in Sci-Fi. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I just sneezed though, so hopefully that won't um, that won't interfere. <laughs> uh, let's see what else to talk about here before we get into the Deep Space Nine episode. Uh, well, Star Trek Discovery uh, keeps pumping out a little bit more information here or there. Um, they still are premiering on September 24th. Of course, everyone knows it's coming on CBS All Access. There's a little thing that was running online uh, this week, a little promo for um, that was going out for getting a free month, and then people were quick to point out that the um, for CBS All Access, I'm talking about a free month of it, that you need to use a code to get the free month by like August 18th, which means your free month would end uh, before the show starts on, starts on September 24th. However... I don't know if this is completely true, but what I have noticed that this was true for Hulu, and I, 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 I'm not, ugh, I can't talk. Um, I'm not currently subscribed to CBS All Access yet, uh, but I, when I looked at the app, I, I downloaded the app and, and loaded it on my iPad, and when I looked at it, the uh, there's an offer right there, flat on the original, you know, on the screen that says you know, start, you know, free month trial here, click this thing or whatever, no code needed, no nothing. So I think that they always are willing to give you a free month to try out their service. I don't know if this is going to still happen if you can sign up on like September 23rd, a day before Star Trek starts and watch it for at least, 
you know, the first month of episodes. They're supposed to be putting out an episode a week. The premiere is on the 24th, and then what, what I've read is that the second episode will be immediately available on CBS All Access so that you'll get, what, five episodes the first month, about? So what I think is going to happen, and I think you still be able to do this, is I think you can get a free month for that service, CBS All Access, almost at any time to try it. They always want people to try things, and it's no real big risk on their part, especially on Star Trek when you think about it. If people watch the first, say, three or four episodes, five episodes, and they like it a lot for the five ninety nine a month, you know, for six bucks, less than, a, as I keep saying, less than the cost of, of, of a lunch these days out or or even one of those, star, you know, very fancy Starbucks cups of coffee maybe, give or take. I don't know. I don't go to Starbucks, but... Uh, but the point is, is it's it's probably a good idea for them to to give people a free month to try it. So, so keep that in mind. Download the app. Check in in a few weeks uh, before the premiere. You know, a week or so before the premiere of Star Trek. I think you will be able to sign up for a free month of the of the service right before the show starts and watch the first month almost for free. So, uh, so there you go for people who are are not you know they're kind of on the fence or or don't want to do this make this commitment. You won't, it looks like to me you, you'll be able to at least watch the first month for free, I think. so Because uh, I think this deal going on is just one of these things they're trying to get out there. And uh, I think you can get that service, sign up for the first month free almost any anytime, anywhere. So <clears throat> so, uh, so there you go. Uh, hopefully that's a little tidbit, a little help for some people. I'll put it up on the Trex and Sci-Fi uh, Facebook group too when we get a little further down the road. Um, what else? Uh, I thought there was something else I wanted to mention before we got started here. Uh, comics, I don't know. Uh, I'm reading, you know, my normal comics. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that covers it pretty well. We're almost 20 minutes anyway into the show. Uh, oh, oh no. I, now I realize, because I'm looking over my Entertainment Weekly, uh, magazine that I just got yesterday. In the mail, even though the pictures showed up online a few days ago, there are a lot more, uh, still images pictures floating around now out there of The Last Jedi. You see some new costumes, some new characters, uh, people in costumes that uh, you haven't seen before. So if you'd like to, uh, you know, I don't think these are, to me, too spoilerish because it's official advertising. I kind of put in the spoiler realm uh, when people get a hold of information that hasn't been officially released by the studio. To me, you know, a trailer is officially released by the studio. So now to some people that spoils the movie. There are trailers certainly these days that put out way too much in the trailer. And then, you know, the movie is kind of like, wow, well, I saw all that in the trailer. Actually, I kind of thought the Spider-Man movie, uh, I had seen so much of it in trailers. I think some of, uh, I like the movie a lot, but I, I think some of the impact of some of the stuff would have been more if I hadn't seen so much in all the trailers. I'm a little concerned that Justice League is kind of, except for not having Superman show up much, I'm a little concerned Justice League we've seen a ton of already. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, so uh, The Last Jedi, yeah, these images are pretty cool. Uh, I think Star Wars, and I think they did it well with The Force Awakens. Uh, I think they did it pretty good with Rogue One as well, although that kind of turned into a bit of a mess because of the changes to the movie that they had made a bit. 
Um, there was more there that was being advertised that didn't end up in the movie, and it was kind of a little awkward and confusing, I thought. Uh, plus, I didn't, of course, as I've, I've said before, I didn't really care for Rogue One nearly as much as The Force Awakens. But uh, the uh, the Last Jedi, though, I think they I think they do a good job with the marketing and advertising for those movies. I don't think they overdo it. Uh, we certainly have not seen very much of the Last Jedi. We've seen a couple of little trailers, and they have not revealed very much at all. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that's exciting. I'm, I'm, you know, that movie, boy, that's going to be. To finally see really Luke, you know, that we didn't get any real Luke in the first, you know, the episode seven, and now to really see Luke back on the on the screen, that you know, uh, you know, obviously to me one of the last Jedi, Ray probably as well, and uh, and I still kind of think there's going to be somebody else that's going to pop up who is Jedi or Jedi like. I, I I don't know. I think there's somebody else going to be out there. I think um, I kind of hope that, but maybe not. Who knows. Uh, they're also talking a lot about that Ray's going to learn more about her. Uh, I'm hearing little things out there about Ray and her learning her um, her origin story or her parentage, let's call it. So, uh, okay, now we're definitely 20 minutes or more into the show. So let us get into the Deep Space Nine episode called "The Darkness and the Light" from season five. I think it's episode 11 of season five. So. Uh, I'm going to get that rolling here, and I'll comment with the episode. So uh, I'll be back in a moment, and we'll be starting that. All right, here we go with uh, the darkness and the light. And I welcome you to the Kalash retreat. Bunch of Vedics. Today of we begin Bajor. prayer and meditation as preparation for our days of atonement. And dial this down a bit. with us as we begin our journey. And they're all kind of kneeling down around this uh, prayer area with a, he lights a little flame in the center of it. Uh, it's a nice little set. There are like some statues around of, of images of Vedics. Uh, and they're all kind of raising their hands up. I was like the Bajor spiritual um, influences and in episodes because it's something that's a little unique and different for Star Trek, you know, they don't really get into religion very much, typically. Alien, or human, or anything, so, uh... Oh, and now the little flamey thing is glowing, and it blasts the one Vedic. So, what's that all about? Have you been taking your makara herbs? Absolutely. <clears throat> Mostly. Kira, you have to take them. Your progesterone levels are way too low. But if I take the herbs, then the sedatives you gave me don't work. So the herbs do act as a counteragent. But I thought you said you weren't having any trouble sleeping, and that you didn't need any sedatives. I don't. But, Julian, those herbs taste like something that crawled out of Quark's ear. Just take them. All right. Major, may I have a word with you? All right, this is a time when, of course, Kira is, sure. uh, is pregnant at this time. I'm afraid I have some very bad news. One of the former members of your resistance cell has been killed on Bajor, Latha Mabron. How? It appears a small hunter probe was hidden inside a ceremonial candle and fired a disruptor blast. Do they have any suspects? Hmm. Too many. Before he became a Vedek, your friend was involved in some very questionable activities. 
Lather was a violent man. But then he found the prophets, and the last time I talked to him, he changed, really changed. I don't doubt that, Major. But it would appear that the violence of his past has finally caught up with him. Let me know if you hear anything else. Of course. And of course, when, you know, the side reason that uh, Nana Visitor is pregnant is uh, this was a point in time where uh, her and uh, Alexander Siddig, Dr. Bashir, were a, a real-life item. one message waiting for you. I think they had a boy together is what it was, although they're not together anymore, I don't think. In real life, I'm talking about now. Playback message. That's one. Replay audio. That's one. Again. That's one. So it's a message Kira has from... Uh, the Vedic that just that got uh, killed on her uh, on the computer there. Ah, the Deep Space Nine theme. You know, Star Trek always, even Enterprise grew on me, but Star Trek always does a great job to me on, on the opening credit sequences. I've said it a few times on, on the podcast that I I enjoy credit sequences and themes to TV shows and miss them when they're not there. I feel that they bring a lot to the show, especially something like a sci-fi show. All right, I'm dialing this down a bit more. Uh, this, again, is called The Darkness and the Light. Is um, It is uh, episode uh, 11 of season 5. It first aired on January 6th, 1997. So, what, 20 years ago? Jeez. Uh, it is uh, by a, um, the teleplay. The script is by Ronald D. Moore. Of course, everyone knows who he is. The story is by Brian Fuller. Most Trek fans know who Brian Fuller is. Uh, he was pretty involved in Discovery until he left, but uh, and directed by a guy named Michael Viger, who had directed uh, a TNG episode. I'm scrolling on my little list of stuff here. Um, what was the TNG episode that he directed? Oh, Coming of Age. And then uh, this was the next Trek thing that he directed after that, for Trek at least. And then he went on, Mike Viger, he directed quite a bit of episodes on, on, from, you know, of the rest of um, Trek series all the way through Enterprise. So, As you might have guessed, there's no point of origin listed in the computer log. When did we receive this message? Came over the primary subspace antenna at 13.41 hours, almost the same moment Latha was killed on Bajor. And you think that this is a threat to all the former members of the Shikar resistance, so... Oh, that's oh so I thought it was from the guy, the Vedic himself, but it just shows his picture on the screen. Not that we know of. So obviously there's some connection to me, but I don't know what it is. I haven't even spoken to Latha in two years. I'm waiting for the preliminary crime scene report from the authorities on Bajor before I begin my own investigation, but I'd like to increase security here on the station and initiate random checks on all incoming cargo. Agreed. I've contacted most of the surviving members of the Shikar, warned them to take precautions just in case. I'm sorry about your friend. He died serving the prophets. They'll take care of him. 
I'm sure they will. Keep me informed. So yeah, it seems like the this whole old resistance cell is kind of under a threat right now. Exhausted. I didn't get much sleep, and Julian's got me back on those herbs again. I know. I heard you pacing all night. I'm sorry. Well, don't be. I would have gotten up and kept you company, but I figured you wanted to be alone. I couldn't stop thinking about Latha. All those firefights and bombs he lived through just to be killed during a religious ceremony. You know, if I wasn't pregnant, I would be down on Bajor right now, trying to narrow down the suspects. You're safer on the station. That's what's driving me crazy. I'm sitting here eating breakfast while someone may be hunting down my friends. I'm a major in the Bajoran militia. I should be down there trying to protect them. Right now, you're needed here, protecting someone else. Yes, I do have my hands full at the moment. Ops to Major Kira. Go ahead, Odo. There's another incoming message for you, Major, and they refuse to give either their name or location. I'm on my way. We're having trouble tracing the signal. They're running it through some kind of scrambler using a phase divergent carrier wave. Try to keep them talking. This is like a, uh, you know, Kind of an episode of uh, some police drama. This is Keep Major Kenneries. Who am I talking to? Nuries, is that really you? Fala? Are you alone? I don't want anyone to hear me. I think... I think someone's trying to trace my signal. Stand by. She's a friend. Her name is Trenton Fala. One of the members of your cell? No. Then why is she hiding her location? I'd rather not talk about it here, but trust me, she's no threat to anyone. Let me talk to her alone and see what's going on. So Kira goes up to a different area to I'm be alone. a little more private. No one here will trace your signal. You heard about Lytha? They killed him. As he knelt in prayer, they killed him. I know. And the authorities are investigating that right now. They're going to kill me too, Nuris. They've been watching me. Who's been watching you? I don't know, but I feel it. I need to get out of here. Go somewhere safe. Please, Nuris, you've got to help me. You always promised you'd help. All right, calm down. I'll protect you. You can stay here at the station until all of this is over. Okay. Two of our officers are returning this afternoon from Starbase 63. I'll reroute them to Bajor and have them pick you up, okay? Okay. Their names are Worf and Jedzia Dax. They'll contact you within the hour. I knew I could count on you. I'll see you soon. All right, so now we're in our smirking runabout. Ever since we left the star base. I do not smirk. <laughs> but if I did, this would be a good opportunity. How was I supposed to know that Captain Ramirez was a three-time Tongo champion? You might have asked before, mocking him and then allowing him to up the stakes to a no-limit game. I didn't lose that much. Two bars of latinum. I hope you have it. 
I have it. Most of it. Worf. No. Fine. I'll borrow it from Quark. He likes me. Major Kerr's friend is ready for transport. Quark may lend you the money, but remember rule of acquisition number 111. Treat people in your debt like family. Exploit them. You know the rules of acquisition? I'm a graduate of Starfleet Academy. I know many things. <laughs> That's a great Energizing. line. I'm a graduate of Starfleet Academy. I know many There's things. There's a power surge in the buffer. Something is interfering with the integration matrix. I'm transferring her pattern to the secondary buffer. Boost the gain on the energizing coils. It won't go any higher. I'm losing her. Well, that was a disgusting thing. That's sad. And they show it pretty, pretty dramatically. You know, you don't see a lot of transporter accidents. Star Trek the motion picture and now this one somebody messed with the transporter it's hard to sort of believe though because all the equipment is really on the runabout right but I guess you could mess with the signal I'm, sorry, I'm hearing that a lot lately Can I have a moment of course so now we've got to Odo, Cisco, Julian, and Kira on the runabout. She's looking at the remains of her friend. Um, Kira picks up her little uh, earring that they, the Bajorans typically wear, and uh, it's in sort of one piece there off to the side. I wish there was something I could say, Major. Just tell me it was an accident. The constable thinks otherwise. I believe she was killed by a remat detonator. It's a device programmed to scramble a transporter beam during rematerialization. They're typically no more than two cubic millimeters in size. It could have been hidden in her clothing or injected into her skin. The device is typically used by the Romulans. However, it is sold on the black market. Why didn't the transporter security system detect the device? We're not sure. The system is programmed to scan for remats. So whoever did this has a sophisticated understanding of our security protocols. That's pretty good answers, you know, pretty good explanation. I thought you said that Trenton Fowler wasn't a member of the Shikar. She wasn't. At least not officially. Fala spent the occupation cleaning floors in a Cardassian records office in Decor Province. The actress was Jennifer Savage, she who played Trenton Fala. Years without anyone catching her. But she was always so afraid. Afraid she'd be caught and executed. But she never stopped. I told her once. I thought she was braver than all of us because she had to live with her fear every day. Even after the occupation was over, she didn't want anyone to know that she was secretly helping us. She was worried that someone would come looking for her for revenge. Looks like her fears were well-founded. This is sort of a takeoff on the Agatha Christie novel, uh, and then there were none. 
you know, where people are being picked off one by one. Uh, and, and now Kira is having the same thing happen to her old friends and comrades in arms. Now she's walking along the promenade and, and she hears this... Um, Hello, Major. I was just about to call you. Cork, what is that? I just found this pad in a shipment of Saurian brandy I just received. It was coded for you, but somehow I accidentally activated it. Give that to me. It's saying that's two. And there's a picture of her friend that just died. killed because she was providing information to the resistance. Information that the Shikar used to plan an attack on a Cardassian target. The killer is probably someone who was either injured or who lost a family member or a friend in that attack. We planned dozens of attacks based on Fala's information. Could be any of them. Not any. We're dealing with an operation in which you played a prominent part. Now, perhaps you could make a list of all the attacks by the Shikar in which you participated. It's a long list. Someone is accessing the security database. Can you trace it? No. Three. Mobra. He was in the Shikar. Where does Mobra live? Um. Um, Musula Province, the university, engineering school. I'm sending an emergency message to the authorities in Musula. Maybe it's not too late. Are you all right? So this guy's no, picture right. showed up here. I haven't slept in three days. Someone is killing my friends and my back. Sorry. Yeah, so the... Uh, no apology necessary, Major. This picture of this guy shows up. They haven't been able to contact Mobra, so they're sending a search party to the university right now. They'll let us know what happens. Major, if I may make a suggestion, why don't you return to your quarters and rest for now? It may be several hours before they're able to make a complete search. Maybe you're right. Let me know the moment you hear something. You have my word. It's a good episode for uh, Nana Visitor. I mean, Kira's, you know, always been this person of um, action and, and getting into the thick of things, and she's kind of stuck here, you know, which is driving her a little crazy, which I like to see that. I like to see when uh, people have to deal with a situation in a different way, and, and she's... So there's a security guy taking her down to her quarters, you know, and uh, they've got even a guard outside her room. They're taking a lot of precautions, which is good, which makes sense. I'm gonna lie down. Help yourself to the replicator if you're hungry. Thank you, Major. So the guard comes in the room, but he doesn't check the, uh, the bedroom area, which is a little funny to me, but... Uh, and Kira goes into the bedroom, shuts the door, and she hears this uh, thumping. She grabs her uh, Bajoran pistol, laser, phaser, whatever it's called, Bajoran weapon out of her dresser, and then 
She's about ready to go into the uh, other room, outside room, because she hears, like, it sounds like somebody falling on the ground. She lowers the lights. Of course, I always thought it'd be dangerous to fire a weapon like that on a on a ship or a space station, right? Couldn't it blow a hole right through uh, the wall? No? Yes? So she's walking around. It's a good little scene. It's very dark in the quarters. You just see uh, some of the outside portal lights from the stars. And... Double! Hold it! Pharrell? There is. I didn't shoot you. Well, I could say the same about you. What are you doing creeping around in a dark room with a phaser? I live here. What about him? Oh, this is Lieutenant Brilgar. He's stationed security here to protect me. Oh, sorry. You know these people, Major? I'm afraid so. This is Pharrell Lupiza. We were in the same resistance cell. Brilgar, sorry about the... Uh... Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I'll be outside if you need me. Thank you. How did you get in? We just installed a new security system. And a pretty good one it is, too. But they have not yet invented the system that Lupiza cannot beat. <laughs> it took some work, but I managed to retune the transporter scrambler. You beamed in? From where? We stowed away aboard a transport ship, making a run from Bajor. Just before it docked, I accessed the station personnel records. We beamed into the bedroom about five minutes ago. We heard somebody moving around in here. I thought it was you. But it turned out to be a man with a phaser. And I tried to tell her that we should contact you before we came, but... You did not. I should have you both thrown in the brig. But I'm glad to see you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good to see you. Can I? Oh. longer a couple of weeks been sneezing off and on the doctor's giving me something but before we get too deep into baby talk i had another message today this time it's Mulgra. dead we don't know yet there's a search party out right now looking for him do you have any suspects nope well when you do you let us know that's why we're here to find out who's doing this and take care of it i can't send you out like some assassination squad you don't have to send us anywhere. You just give us the name. We'll take care of the rest. The occupation is over. We can't go around fighting private wars. Times have changed. We have got to change with it. Leave this for the authorities. Authorities. Maybe you feel that way now, but trust me. When you find out who killed Letha and Fala, and maybe now Mobara, you're not going to want to leave it to someone else. You're going to want him dead, and you're going to want us to do it. Maybe so. But we're not at that point yet. Hmm. What's in the box? It's for you. For me? A gift. <laughs> Macra herbs. Uh, you're, uh, you're supposed to take them during your pregnancy. She knows what they're for. We thought you might have trouble getting fresh herbs on the station, so we picked them last night. Thanks. 
Yeah, she's not a big yeah. fan of those, right? Thank you. So, um, so these look like old friends well, of hers. Staying, they're a little, uh, they're a little right here. weird in we their approach, maybe. But uh, uh, we'll sleep out here. The couch is a little short, but it's probably as uh, comfortable as our bed. Well, since Keiko's visiting her parents with Molly, I guess there's room. Hold it! It's all right! Miles, we have house guests. They found his body about two hours ago, or at least what was left of it. Mobra had a micro-explosive implanted just behind his right ear. How could someone get close enough to implant something behind someone's ear and not get caught? I doubt he was ever near Mobra. Killer shown a pattern of using remote-controlled devices. He was probably using some sort of hunter probe and injected Mobra as he slept. What are we dealing with here? Professional assassin? Well, that was my initial thought, but a professional would never be sending anonymous messages, no. Our killer is someone with a very personal stake in this, someone who is trying to make a point to Major Kira. And once he drives this point home? He'll try to kill her, too. That's one. That's two. That's three. It doesn't sound natural. No kidding. I mean, I know they're using some kind of scrammer to disguise the voice, but there's something else. The rhythms don't sound natural. Uh, more like a composite of words from different speeches put together. You can tell that through all the distortion? It's the lobes. The intonation and phrasing are slightly off. Admitted a policy never to argue with someone's lobes. All right, let's say these are composite messages. Does that help us? Maybe. Since the first word of all three messages is the same, let's assume it's simply been copied three times. That gives me a reference to begin screening out the electronic interference. It's a female. And it's not Cardassian. You're sure? Uh, all right. All right. It's Bajoran. I know that voice. Can I hear the rest of the words? It's me. He's using my voice. There's been an explosion in the habitat ring. Location. Level 5, Section 21 Alpha. The O'Brien's quarters. Go to red alert. Stop all incoming and outgoing ships until further notice. Aye, sir. Dex Whoever this is, Dr. they're, they're pretty darn good. Ring, level 5, Section 21 Alpha. Medical emergency. Report. There's been an explosion in O'Brien's quarters. There's a hull breach. The compartment is venting air into space. Casualties? No word yet. I'm having trouble scanning through the debris. Where's Kira? Major, you can't go in. There's a hull breach. Get out of my way! Major, please! <laughs> this pregnant lady's taking out, like, three security Major, guards. Oh, my God. 
And then she's about to get into the quarters, but she passes out from the strain. Kind of a dumb scene, really, in a way, a little bit when you think about it. I mean, why? Why? I mean, she wants to know what happened, but venting Maurice. things. Maurice, you know, can you hear me? endangering herself or the whole station. Yeah. Julian, you're in the infirmary. <gasps> the baby. He's fine. <sighs> you suffered a placental laceration. And then you began to hemorrhage. But I've repaired the damage. You're going to be all right. Lupacin, Pharrell. They're dead, aren't they? I'm afraid so. Miles? He wasn't there when it happened. Did they die quickly? Instantly. Doctor, may I? I'll be right outside. I was 13 when I joined the resistance. Odo is there Been with her now. hanging around Shikar base camp for a couple of weeks, you know, running errands, cleaning weapons, that kind of thing. And one night, they had an ambush planned and they were a man short, so I volunteered. But everyone thought I was too young, too small. Lupus stuck up for me. She said I had the heart of a Sinoraptor. And they didn't have much choice. That was William so Lucking and Diane Salinger as Pharrell and Lupus. Do you remember that Lupus had hit him? She was always doing that. They loved each other in some way. But it was up to Shakar, and he stared at me for a long time before he decided I was big enough to carry a phaser rifle after all. So he set the ambush up along a ridge line that night and waited. I was so cold. My hands were shaking. I was so afraid that one of them would look at me and think that I was nervous that I kept biting my fingers to keep the blood flowing. We must have waited there three or four hours before the skimmer appeared. Set down right where Pharrell sat. And when that hatch opened and that first Cardassian appeared, I just started firing. And I didn't stop till I discharged the entire power cell. And it was all over. I I was so relieved that I hadn't let anyone down. I, I was giddy. Well, told me to stop grinning that it made me look younger, but I couldn't help it. I was one of them. I was in the resistance. Lupus had made me this. Out of some of the metal from that skimmer. She's holding her, took off her earring and uh, is talking about that, about where she How got it. How were they killed? Someone attached a small hunter probe to the hull of a Talavian freighter. When the ship docked at the station, the probe detached itself and then began a visual scan of every room in the habitat ring. Once the probe found its assigned targets, it attached itself to the window and exploded. 
Do you have any leads? My sources on Cardassia have given me a list of possible suspects. They all have the computer skills, the opportunity, and the motive to carry out these attacks. You must have called in a lot of favors. One or two. How many people are on the list now? Twenty-five. Can I see it? Not just yet. I'd like to narrow it a little. You're afraid I'm gonna take the names and <laughs> go charging off after them? Something like that. <laughs> You're right. I probably would. I'm going to find the person that's done this. I promise you that. I know you will, Odo. Keep me informed. Absolutely. That's a good scene. You know, Kira's, uh, she's obviously pretty busted up about all this. Odo leaves. Kira decides to get up. And, uh... Emergency transport standing by. Enter command code authorization. Authorization Kira 157 Alpha. Initiating transport. So she transported herself uh, within Deep Space Nine to Odo's office. And obviously she's gonna hack in or whatever and get this list of names that he's he's gotten. Computer, initiate emergency transport program Cura 2. Initiating transport. So she beams out just, just in time before Odo gets back to his office. He notices his chair has moved a little bit. Um, because Kira turned it around. Computer, locate Major Kira. Major Kira is no longer on the station. I like that little dunk. So she's grabbed herself a runabout. She's obviously going after the suspects on the list, but she erased their names from my computer file when she got them, so there's no way to know where she's headed. Prepare the Defiant. I want to leave in 10 minutes, see if we can pick up our ion train. It will be difficult. Our sensor logs show Major Kira master engine emissions with the Polaron field. The runabout's part of the I know what the difficulties are. You have your orders dismissed. Bye, sir. <laughs> Kira Nerys, personal log, stardate 50416.2. I've eliminated three of the suspects from Odo's list. I'm satisfied that none of them could have committed the murders. The fourth name is Sillerin Prynne. A Cardassian living on a planet near the DMZ. So that you know, there were 25 names. She eliminated three. She went to the fourth name on the list, and then said, "Yeah, that's a possibility." This um, this character um, named Prin, Silaron Prin. 
Got some good names in this episode, you know? Must be kind of hard to come up with Bajoran names and Cardassian names. They had a sort of a rhyme or a reason. Uh-oh. So she turns around, there's a like a hologram of like... There's a hologram to distract her of a Cardassian, and then she gets blasted herself with a with a stun weapon. And this guy carries her to a bed, searches her. A creature born within the comforting anonymity of darkness awakens in the harsh truth of daylight. It squirms in the glare. Afraid of the light that pins it to the chair like a needle through its heart. Its heart beats faster. Who's there? Sillerin, is that you? Panic starts to creep into its soul. Does it understand? Or is it so blinded by the light that it can think only of returning to the velvet cloak of darkness? No matter. Perhaps... It is better that it doesn't realize how close death has come. But make no mistake, there is no escape. It has reached the end, and soon it will die. Eh, this guy's kind of lost his mind. <laughs> He's got her, like, pinned into this. He used a little bit of a sort of a force What's field. What's the matter, Sillerin? You're so afraid of a pregnant woman chair. in a restraining field you have to hide in the dark? There's its tiny fangs, hoping for a chance to strike, to sink its teeth deep into the flesh of its tormentor. But that chance will never come. You better hope I don't get that chance. And somewhere beneath the gleam of hatred in those eyes lurks the certain knowledge of its impending death. And it begins to know fear. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not some coward who's been sending anonymous messages and bombs to murder innocent people. No, Kira, I didn't murder anyone. You did. You killed them all. There. That wasn't so hard, was it? Now we can talk. Talk and lies won't help you. You're in the light. And the light reveals the truth. Here's a little play on the, the uh, episode title, The Darkness and the Light. No regret in those eyes. No compassion. You want me to... Feel compassion for you? You murdered five people. What compassion did you show to them? Unrepentant. How unfortunate. I thought you might have changed. Might have found a path out of the darkness. What am I supposed to feel repentant for? What are you talking about? That is part of your guilt. You did this to me. And you don't even know who I am. His face is all... Mangled so on one during side. During an attack I carried out when I was part of the resistance. And I'm supposed to feel guilty. We were at war, Sillerin. Fifteen million Bajorans died during the occupation. And you want me to feel sorry for you? No, I wasn't part of your war. I wasn't innocent. I wasn't even in the military. Do you know what I did on Bajor? I was a servant. I cleaned uniforms for Gull. Pirak. Gul Pirak. Commander of the Weapons Depot at Hatha. I'm glad that you remember. Now, do you remember 
what you did. How you put a plasma charge outside his bedroom window in the middle of the night. I remember. He executed 15 Bajoran farmers because they refused to display the Cardassian banner outside their homes. Trenton Fowler showed you how to circumvent the defense system. Letha Mabrin built the plasma charge. Pharrell and Lupaza stood guard outside while you crept up to the house. None of us liked killing. We were fighting for our freedom against- You vaporized the entire East Wing. 12 Cardassians were killed, including Gulpirak's entire family. 23 others were crippled. Don't you feel guilty? Don't you feel ashamed of what you did? None of you belonged on Bajor. It wasn't your world. For 50 years, you raped our planet and you killed our people. You lived on our land and you took the food out of our mouths and I don't care whether you held a phaser in your hand or you ironed shirts for a living. You were all guilty and you were all legitimate targets. And that's what makes you a murderer. Indiscriminate killing. No sense of morality. No thought given to the consequences of your action. That's what makes us different. I was a soldier. You're just a bitter old man out for revenge. I am bringing the guilty to justice. And unlike you, I take care to protect the innocent. I could have killed every monk in that cavern, or everyone on the runabout, or half the population of Deep Space Nine, but I didn't. Only the guilty have died. And that is why, although your actions have condemned you, the life of your child will be spared. What does that mean? What does that mean? The creature's diseased mind cannot understand its plight. Its imagination is too limited to perceive the truth. It cannot be saved. But there is still hope for the it's child. A good, uh, really good scene. Really good from discussion the between the two. It's kind of like that that episode me, duet. Sir, the child I'm carrying, it isn't Bajoran, it's human. It has unique medical needs. If you force me to give birth now, you the risk- The creatures' cries grow louder, but no one can hear them. All that remains is to bring the child into the light. Yeah, remember this is Keiko and Miles's baby. of the mother before it can infect its offspring. You can't bring it into the light. Not yet. Dr. Bashir said if I don't have at least three more weeks- It's time. We both agree. This baby's an innocent. Don't put him at risk, please, Celerin. Don't worry. I promise that I'll take care of the child. And that I'll teach him the difference between darkness and light. I like the fact that Kira doesn't repent for what she's done in the past, even though it cost innocent lives. Please, I'm begging you. At least give me a sedative. Show some compassion. Don't just cut me open. All right. I'll show more mercy than you have. Take a good look at my face, Kira. I want it to be the last thing you see. The creature slept. 
dreaming its dark dreams. So if you remember back, you know, sedatives don't work on her right now because of these other herbs she's taking. And he releases the, the uh, force field around her. And never, no darkness again. So she's... She was able to grab her phaser and then blasted him. Killing him. No stun. So was this phaser already on kill when she got there and she never changed it back? Was she ever going to stun him? Uh, probably not. Probably always was going to play. Are you all right? She's fine. There's a large amount of Murphidon in her system. Murphidon? Yeah, it's a sedative. But the Makara herb she's been taking have counteracted the effect. I take it this is our assassin. Why did he give you a sedative? He wanted to protect the innocent. And separate the darkness from the light. But he didn't realize. The light only shines in the dark. And sometimes innocence is just an excuse for the guilty. Cisco to Defiant. Go ahead. Four to beam up. Energize. Uh, you kind of like stole a runabout. You kind of like went off on your own. No, no reprimand at that time. Maybe later on when Kira's a little bit more uh, herself, let's say. on the end music here although Netflix is saying next episode in 12 seconds I kind of don't like how Netflix does that um, there I can pull up the uh, music and let it play yeah I like this episode a lot for a few reasons I I, I always think uh, Kira is a very strong character and those are interesting episodes I like this idea of what you do during a war and and under those conditions you know does it are you guilty of of you know what would happen if you did those things under normal times does that make you a murderer do you have to worry about the innocent lives you take uh, I everyone is of course a little bit different about that but um, you know Kira has always been this very strong military person and you know I don't think she feels bad at all for what she did during the occupation just like she says in this episode you know if she had to take out some bad people and some innocents got in the, you know caught in the crossfire it wouldn't really bother her but i think i think by the end of this episode it does bother her a little bit i think i think she understands things a bit more and is somewhat remorseful of for what what she did and and i think that's good but um it's a little hard to say for sure how much she's changed by what's happened but uh it the the thing that i like about this is you sort of feel a little bit bad for the cardassian guy too right you know, he was he was just there, you know, caught in the crossfire. And, uh, you know, in any military time or any military situation, there are always going to be, you know, innocents that um, 
get caught in the crossfire. So good episode, strong episode, and and also really showcases, I think, what, what makes Deep Space Nine a great Star Trek show. And I think we're going to get kind of a some of the similar ideas and themes, I think, in Discovery. I, I have a feeling it's going to have a quite a bit of a Deep Space Nine flavor to it, I, I think. At least, you know, some of the stuff that I picked up on in the trailers and stories I've read about it. So, uh, all right, let me take a very short break. I'll come back and I'm going to talk quickly about a, a cool little collectible that I got a, a week or two ago, and then we'll wrap up today's podcast. Kapla Rico, conqueror of the airways, liberator of minds, glory to you and your podcast. Okay, folks, I'm back. Uh, I have uh, got a new collectible. Uh, there's been this Marvel uh, Comics, Marvel uh, Legends line of collectibles for mostly made specifically for costuming and cosplaying, I guess excuse me is the idea about a year ago they released a captain america shield a couple of versions there's a plastic one and a metal one i got a metal version and they also did an iron man helmet and this year they're doing two new items in this sort of series that they've done called marvel legends these are all uh i think being made by hasbro uh, the um the two this year are, are star lord's mask or helmet whatever it's called and the other one is Thor's hammer, which is uh, the one I picked up so far. Maybe I'll get uh, Star-Lord's uh, helmet too, but uh, uh, this one I got first, the Thor's hammer. Uh, again, it's from this Marvel Legends line, Legends series. The, the Thor hammer is um, its not uh, metal. It, it's mostly a plastic resin-made uh, thing. It's full-scale, one-to-one scale, uh, but it's, it's pretty cool. It also has... Um, uh, it, it's it's done real well. I mean, it looks good and it feels good in your hand. It's not super light. It's not super toy like or anything like that. It looks it looks solid and everything and uh, feels that way. But the other thing that they added this because it's not a a solid hunk of metal with a wooden handle um, is they were able to add a few electronics. And I'm going to click it on here. And when you click it on, when you um, when you sort of smack the hammer or shake it. It gives you this sort of storm sound. And the and the other thing uh, that you can do with it, if you hold a particular little button in, you say, Thor. Thor. And a little a symbol appears on the side of the hammer when you say that. It picks up on your word. Thor. Sometimes you got to say it twice. Thor. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty neat little uh, item. If you want to cosplay as Thor, which I don't think I'd ever probably do, but I just like the collectible uh, aspect of it. It also sort of lights up on the ends a little bit. It sort of glows and it flashes the sort of blue color like lightning. I'm going to click off the sounds. Uh, it's got a metal pommel on the end. The handle looks pretty good, wood-like, with a leather kind of strap on it. Um you can find them on Amazon. That's where I got mine from. But, uh, yeah, really nice item. Looks good. And uh, I always wanted to get a, a some type of Thor hammer. Uh, although in the trailers to the new Thor Ragnarok movie, it looks like uh, uh, it, it looks like the, his hammer gets sort of scrunched and, and destroyed pretty quickly. So uh, who knows if he'll get another hammer. He, you know, in the comics, he's had other things. 
throughout the years. He's sometimes he's mostly had the hammer, of course. He's had a couple, but uh, he's also had a, a sword kind of a thing too. So, uh, so we'll see how this all works out. Uh, if he gets something by the end of the movie, it may be. Uh, Maybe he'll get something new to play with or whatever. But uh, but anyway, okay, so that's the Thor hammer from the Marvel Legends line of collectibles that they've been doing. Uh, really nice that they're doing these things. Uh, it's not super expensive, uh, not like some of these collectibles. I mean, the metal ones go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I think this was $99, I, I think, uh, which was, I, I felt for what you get, I thought it was a pretty good deal. So uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, yeah, so the... Uh, Hasbro made Thor Hammer uh, available now, as they say. Okay, the uh, upcoming on the show next week, uh, the plan is that Jedi Jeff will be here. He's going to do a show about talking about various ships. I don't know which ones he's going to talk about, but those are always fun. Uh, I appreciate Jeff jumping in, doing a, a guest spot. Uh, the last uh, weekend of August, the 27th of August, I'll be back. I'm going to kind of do a summer movie wrap-up talk about all the movies I saw over the summer, what I liked, what was okay, what I didn't like, uh, and so forth. I've seen most of everything that I wanted to see, I think. So uh, I had a kind of a long list at the beginning of the summer, and I think I've managed to see them all. But uh, And the weekend after that, I'll be back again uh, two weeks in a row with on September 3rd, Labor Day weekend, with my annual uh, anniversary show. This will be the 12th anniversary show for Treks and Sci-Fi. So those are always fun. I usually I stream the show live. I have some contests. Uh, it's a good time. So uh, I hope you guys can watch uh, remotely. Uh, I'm not. I, I think I'll use UStream again probably. Um, but uh, maybe maybe I'll try something new. Maybe I'll try Twitch or something. If you want to know about that, just keep an eye on the main website or or the uh, the old forum or or these days most people I think keep an eye on. Uh, on the um, Facebook group for information, so I'll I'll definitely be talking about it and announcing it uh, where we're gonna how we're gonna do it uh, when we get closer. It'll probably be roughly uh, early afternoon time, maybe two two o'clock ish or something like that, uh, Eastern Daylight Time uh, on the third of September is probably what we're looking at. So, okay, folks, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's classic style show, collectible talk, a Deep Space Nine episode. Uh, movie and TV, chatter, chatter, chat. <laughs> All right, I got to go. Uh, I got to go cut my grass. Oh, boy. So uh, although I like doing that, that's always fun. So uh, like getting outside in the summertime when it's nice. And uh, in Michigan, we've had a nice summer, too. It's not been not been bad at all. We've been getting a little rain off and on. Uh, we haven't been super, super hot. Uh, we've had some warm days, but nothing, nothing like some of the country and some of the world get. So uh so pretty happy about that. Of course, in Michigan, you know, we pay for that a milder summer than some places, but but our winter is, you know, ridiculous. So uh, everybody has their thing they've got to deal with. So uh, uh, I think that's all. So next week, Jedi Jeff will be here. I'll talk to you guys again in a couple of weeks. And until then, take care. Uh, have uh, a great uh, week and uh, enjoy the summer. Bye.
This has been a Rick Dasty Podcast production.